With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning to you, Mitch. Um, congratulations, mate. It's been a pretty handy six months for your stable. Morning, Holly. Yeah, it's been um, it's been terrific. You know, it, it, it's flown by. Um, we've actually only... I think we had our first runner here on the 1st of uh, November. So it, 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 it's been a very short period up here, but it's been a great period. And you know, we've still got a lot to go, but it, it's certainly heading in the right direction. Old um, Dean Waltling from DeanWaltling.com posted a really interesting stat the other day. Since your move to Kemble Grange on November 1st, you've got a 21.1% strike rate. Um, uh, percentage on turnover... I find this staggering. So you you must own Kemler Grange if this is true, which is true, 95.4%, which is unbelievable. So you've been able to, I think, first of all, identify some really good, like some tried horses into your stable um, and better quality of thoroughbreds. But more importantly, you're still, you're still being, being able to get the job done with those horses. Yeah, we we wanted to make some some fundamental changes when we when we moved up here to Kembla, and I, I saw the opportunity of setting up a new stable is, is is to implement some some things that we weren't doing in Aubrey, and the biggest one of that is, is data. And um, I've immersed myself in data with 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 the, really the help of of, of Mick Gano, who who's been, now plays a massive role in our stable, and. And I, I won't run a horse without going through the data with him and, and, and what he sees. I think for a long time in, in my career, I probably haven't respected that enough. And, you know, because people aren't necessarily horsemen, you you know, I probably haven't respected them enough. Um, but, you know, I think that the, the, the clear and simple data of and the information that's available um, you know, we've used that heavily uh, over over the last three or four months, and and the results sort of speak for themselves. So that that's been a massive part. It's a lot of work, and, and Mick puts in a, a lot of work, and a lot of it I still don't understand. But um, we're getting there, and 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 it, it makes a massive difference to to the chance your horse has of winning or not. I talk to a lot of participants and owners in the game. Is that a lot of the trainers are very good horse people, so they can prepare their thoroughbreds or their standard breds to the minute, basically, and they can set up their horse if they think that this is the race that they want to win. But at the end of the day, if they don't get their tactics right and they're not on the same page as their jockey, then all of that hard work can be thrown out the window in two minutes. And I'm staggered sometimes that not, like, and I know it's a changing landscape and you don't really want to give too many of your secrets away, Mitch, but the the fundamentals at the end of the day are that that you win the contest within the the two minute, three, four minute period of of race day, um, and you need to get your tactics right. And you see that with Gay Waterhouse these days. I've got no doubt with the way that the tracks are playing that she's winning more races because she's she with the way that she trains her horses and they're in the first four or five and they're they're on speed. And it's a recipe for success in a way, Mitchie. And you seem to. Um, watching your horses closely these days is that you're identifying their strengths and you're identifying their weaknesses and you're making sure that you place them right, but more importantly, that you get your tactics right in a race. 
Yeah, and I think it starts with with the horses that we buy. We're still buying, you know, a, a lot of tried horses, um, and it starts with getting the data profiles on them, um, and then you know I can I can inquire and and do my homework from a, a soundness and a veterinary point of view, um, but but you know it, it has to rate that has to rate data data has to be on our side to to buy the horse in the first place, and then it's a changing landscape this game and and. You know, you you have so much respect. If you, if your vet says um, not to run a horse, you don't run it. If your farrier doesn't, you know, if your track work riders doesn't, don't. You know, these are all people that are the, integrated into the system, and they all have to be happy with a horse. And 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 we've added that one person now that that you know they've got to be happy with 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 how the the data sits and and the the chance of the horse winning for us to to really run it. And of course, there's times where you know, your track work might right, might say, oh, it felt a little bit flat, but you can't, I, I can't find anything wrong with it. And you're, you're happy with the horse, so you, you opt to run. And sometimes we run against the data, but it really helps you make up your mind. And, and, and these guys that are, are doing it, you know, there's a, there's a few people out there. And, and now with, with um, Mick, uh, you know, we're starting to integrate that track work data as well of, of, of stride length and, and, um, and sectional times and recovery and trying to match that with a with a racing profile as well so that we can you know integrate those to 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 give our horses every chance and i mean having a smaller number up here of only sort of 20 horses um it's allowed us to get those fundamentals down pat and and, and get a really good system going so that we can build upon that you know over the next 12 months it sounds like it's a bit of a jigsaw and you just got to put that puzzle together well that's all training is you yeah. know all you're doing is observing. You know, you can't talk to the horses. You can't ask them how they're feeling or if they want to go around on Saturday. So it's all about just collecting as much um, decisions and, and as much information as you can from, from all different realms of people and the horse and putting it all together and then making the best education, uh, educated decision that you can make. And, you know, we get it wrong plenty of times, but it's learning from that. And, and I find that the post-race data is probably the most significant Um it takes the emotion out of it as well, Hawley. Like regardless of how much you paid for the horse or whether you really like that horse, we, we, we've had some some of our horses win by three and four lengths and come back, and and it, the numbers don't match anywhere near as good as what it looks on the eye. So you you don't rush them straight to town. You, you keep them back in the bush and see if they can win again. So it takes all the emotion out of it. Which when you're working with horses every day, and you, you tend to like some more than you like others, and it's hard not to get sentiment and and if you didn't have it you you wouldn't be training but when you can have that person that removes all the emotion out of it and just gives you the the, the numbers as it is um it's a terrific asset i i guess as well that it, it's not just as simple as looking at numbers and analyzing and especially with your stable because i would imagine horses would have like data would be data would change from horses that compete at Aubrey and the way that that track plays to the Sapphire Coast to Dubbo to other parts of um, New South Wales and different parts of Victoria as well. That it's, it's like you've got to analyze each and every track and if that's a good time for that certain track. So th there must be a little bit of homework that goes into that and understanding the landscape as well before you make decisions. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, and how tracks are playing on the day yeah. changes as well. You have a step plan the night before. Um, you know, we, we took some horses to the Sapphire Coast uh, on Sunday. Uh, you know, Gano rang me three races in with before a horse called Old, Old Greg raced. And he's like, mate, 
whether you're first or last with this horse is irrelevant. You've got to find the fence and you've got to stay on the fence for as long as you can. Um, go to plan B. You know, everything changed within an hour after they've run two or three races. Yeah. You know, that, that horse... We, we did change plan. It went to the fence. We, we, we rode it a little bit more uh, negative than what we had sort of planned. It ended up finding the fence at one by five and a half lengths, you know? So that's it. <laughs> that's a good example because it, it, it came off, but, but this is what helps, you know, when you're training, you've got, you got so much to worry about other horses arriving. You've got horses back home that maybe, you know, there's stuff going on, vets are at home. So there's a, it's a real, revolving door with, with, with stuff going on 24-7. So to have someone taking care of, of those track patterns and, and the evolving sort of uh, outplays of what that's going on with the track, it's, it's a big asset. And, and the facilities here at Kembla Grange as well are, are, are a huge, huge uh, strength to our business now. Like we've probably had 40 mils of rain uh, overnight and throughout the morning and all our horses go out on that all-weather track and do the exact same work they were going to do before it rained. So... You know, weatherproofing um, and, and the consistency of tracks is, is, is so important, and, and this was a big part of us um, setting up a stable here. Well, mate, hats off to you. You've taken a bit of a pun. In fact, I think your story is an, ins- an inspiring story for everybody involved in racing, especially the younger people that want to have a crack at training. You moved to Albury because you needed to create opportunities for yourself after starting your career in your home state of Victoria. Um, you made a go of that and then you took the punt and you moved up to Kemlet Grange and you've had immediate success there, but you've been able to delegate and get good people around you and um, you're kicking goals. Before you know it, you'll be at Randwick taking on the rest of the Gabe Waterhouse and Chris Waller and Johnny O'Shea and the likes and um, you'll be no, winning big no, ones this year. No, thanks, mate. No, oh, thanks. No, no, thanks. <laughs> and then you've got sus- nah. Suspects and Interesting Halls tomorrow at Warwick Farm for the is Wolf he, Den Lads. Is he um, what? First up from Chris Waller. Um, obviously, you would have done the data on this horse to purchase this tried horse. He's at $23. Should we have something each way on him? Not if it keeps bloody raining, Hooley. He'll be, he'll be in his box tomorrow. But oh, okay. um, he might slip down to Nara on uh, on Sunday in a 1,200-meter maiden instead. But um, listen, I don't think he's going to win his $1.9 million back that they, that they paid for him. But um, I reckon we're going to have a bit of fun with him for sure. Beautiful. What a great name, Suspect. And you try. Um, <laughs> Kay McAvoy takes the ride. Well, Mickey Gannon, he, he's getting a little bit of an ego these have a look days. At the own, have a look at the ownership of uh, of Suspect, and you might see one M. Gannon in the ownership. And oh, that, yes. That, probably, that might show how good his data was. <laughs> so you got um, M.D. Beer that leads the way. Are they the Wolf Den colours? They are. They are the Wolf Den. Yeah. Yeah, they're on Taboo as well tomorrow. They're not a bad set of colours. So Mickey Gannon's there. Um Where's the, who's who's from Wolfden that's in that that horse? Oh, there we go, Richie Irvine. Um, yeah, there's a there's a fair a fair a fair crew of them yeah. uh, in there. Uh, my old man, uh, my yes. brother. It's a. It, 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 I tell you what. The, How much did he uh, cost you? If that's okay. Uh, if he if he if he runs in the first three tomorrow, we'll get out of him. All right. Do you ring Chris Waller and ask for some tips how to get this horse going? No, well, he couldn't. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you haven't booked J Mac as well. Oh, I think he's injured. Is he riding tomorrow, J Mac? I don't know. Uh, mate, no, he's um. To be fair, the horse arrived in terrific order. He's obviously a horse yes. they purchased to be a stallion. He's now a gelding, and um, he's just here to uh, here to pay his way. Yeah, we know how he feels. We were purchased to be a stallion and now gelding. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, God bless suspect. Hey, Mitchie, well done, mate. I'm super proud of you. You're great for racing. We all know that. And um, now nah, uh, you've got some great people around you as well. And um, we love Mickey Gannon on this show. So well done to Mickey Gannon. I know he's starting up a little bit of a business with Nick Ashman as well, helping out stables. So hopefully he doesn't get too busy for yours. Yeah, as long as he doesn't help too many. No, no. You, you need to put I a... I have to jack his prices yes, up. Yes, 100%. But um, it's great to see, mate. With Yeah, you're doing a wonderful job and good luck over the next week or so. And especially with Suspect, if he goes to town tomorrow, or you, you head to Nowra. Thanks, Holly. Really appreciate it, mate. One of my favourite stories in racing over the last couple of months has been the story of Frank Stockdale and his gallop at Dubai Moon. It's nearly the most improved horse in the country. Um, he's won three straight races in a week. Before that, he was unplaced at the Woolamai and Yay Picnics. Then all of a sudden, he's gone bang, 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 bang. He had 40 starts for three wins, and now he's won six races from 43 starts, and he races again this week. This week, and um, it's great with great pleasure. We have um, Frank Stockdale on the line. Good morning to you, Frank. Congratulations, mate. This is some this is some ride at the moment. <laughs> Bloody oath, mate. It's unbelievable, actually. So, can what you, what's been the what's been the, the the key to success? So, talk us through what you were thinking when he was unplaced at those picnic meetings at Wall of Mine and also Yay. Well, you don't really want to know what I'm thinking, mate, but it wasn't too good. Yeah. He had to list his game, I tell you. But anyway, he, um, he put him over a few jumps and a few steeples and stuff like that and spoiled him up a little bit and uh, he's come good. So, good, mate, so, yeah, so was it just the change of training routine that you thought that, uh, that that's done the trick here? Yeah, just a bit of a change here and there and just quite uh, woke him up. Maybe he was just having a bit of a blood gone. He actually wasn't putting in too hard, you know. Yeah. He, he was just going through the motions, you know. And, there it is. And now is he, does he realise that that does he realise what he's doing for the game? Obviously, does he realise that he's um, become a bit of a, a cold hero? Yeah, no, he wouldn't have a clue. But he's in good order. I tell you that. That's what I can tell you about him. And so, yeah. people, Frankie, yeah, they're they're like a little bit scared to continue to run these horses, like backing up within a week. Uh, but you backed yeah. this horse up in three three times in, in, in the, the one week. So you started on Australia Day at Hanging Rock, and then the next day you won at Moey, and then four days later there you won at Pakenham. Um, yeah, yeah. Is it, do you think you would, like, do you, are you surprised that you can't, you don't see this more often with, with thoroughbreds, or do you think that this horse is just a special case? Oh, he's just a tough horse. He was going around pretty much every week before that too, you know. People don't really, he was going around every week just about, you know. It's yep. just a matter of getting hard fitting conditions to the job and he's been around a fair few times. He's covered in walls and Burke and Wills, you know. Yeah, well, so... Do you, you, now. So you, are you going to Caulfield on Saturday or packing them Thursday night? I've got him answered in both. We'll just have a look, you know, and see what, what looks best for him and that and how he is on the, on the morning of the race and we'll go to one of them anyway, but I'm leaning towards packing them at this stage, you know. Could you go to both, Frankie? Yeah, I'll probably give it a miss this time round. He's done a fair bit, but we'll just see what happens. Yeah. Never right up and off, you know. We'll just see how he goes and how he feels and comes through him and that, you know. Yeah. So so, how many horses have you got in work, mate? Oh, I've only got a handful in work. We've only got, body. there's only a couple of races at the most, about three racing. Yeah. A few others just getting ready and a few young ones sorting out and that, you know. Have you, been, have you been backing him? No, I'm friggin'. I've been as broke as bakery before this, and bloody had nothing to put on the bar, believe it or not. Yeah. But a few people have jumped on him, and they're good on him, you know. Good on him. So, I've, so, I've missed so it's a tough game, isn't it, mate, this training Sorry, taper? Tough, tough 
paper. When you, when you got slow horses, he's tough. When you got a fast one, it's good as gold. But yeah, slow buggers, it's pretty hard to make them run quick, you know. So basically, he's he's come. He's he's like it's um the universe can work in amazing ways, but he you needed him to step up at just the right time. It sounds like, mate. Well, he did his way to step right up down and hang your rock. The morning of the race, I said, you better pick your game up this morning, you buggy, you know? Yeah. And he's, been, he's been working good and showing me he should be winning. I told him a few bikes in. He should put two or three together this time in. He hasn't done nothing, you know? He hasn't been far away, but he's been very disappointing. So, anyway, so he's the stuff. ATM that you needed in a way then? Yeah, buddy. Oh, we didn't need a big time, mate. Yeah. Wouldn't believe it. Yeah, real, real big time. So how long, how many more runs has he got left in him this preparation? Oh, well, I hope he's got a fair few. You know, he's got the body. He's, um, he's in good order. He's, he's conditioned. He's done plenty of miles in his life. And, um, you know, he'll probably end up over the hurdles this winter. You know, this is probably where he's heading, you know, over a few um, jumps, you know. Yeah. Um, so you're going to back him on Thursday night? Yeah, well, I've missed the boat now, mate. So we'll be just going around for the money. Yeah. You know, the mate. <laughs> No good jumping on there, but um, be plenty getting on. You don't worry about that. Yeah, and are you? You're the. I see you're the. Are you the major shareholder in him? Yeah, yeah. We've got half him. We've got half him. Mates and and that Indian family members in him. So yeah, yeah. got some very good, very good owners. And they've been they've been good stickers and patient. You know. Did you work him this morning, Frankie? Yeah, yeah. He had a he had a poke around this morning. Feels bloody good as gold. Uh, in real good order, mate. I can't see why it can't go around this week. Oh, mate. Hey, sensational stuff. Racing, it's a great game because of characters like yourself, Frankie Stockdale. So we wish you the best of luck with the buy moon, mate. He's, he's, he's like a standard bread these days. You know, those standard breads that yeah, raced yeah, on yeah. Saturday night, they went around twice in one night. That That's would suit to buy moon down to the ground. Yeah, buddy, That's the way to do it. Yeah. good, mate. Real good. Real good. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that. And um, good right. luck on Thursday night, mate. Thanks a lot, buddy. Good on you. It's Frankie yeah. Stockdale. What a job he's done with Dubai Moon. So, as Frankie said, he's, he started to win just at the right time. He was unplaced at two picnic race meetings, would you believe? Goes to Hanging Rock on Australia Day, wins. Backs up the next day, wins. Then wins a few days later at Packardham on a Thursday night and just doesn't win. Bolts home. So, he goes around at a benchmark 64 on Thursday night. He's even entered for a 2,400-metre benchmark 78 on CFO Stakes Day at Caulfield. I'd love it for him to win another two races, especially back up there at Caulfield on Saturday. Terrific night of harness racing at Melton on Saturday night. One of the best nights that I've ever seen there at Melton. And uh, Call Me The Breeze was a French trotter that was purchased for a lot of money by Pat Driscoll and Yabby Dan Farms. And he pours in a lot of money, Pat. And he sponsored, of course, the Great Southern Star, which is Australasia's premier trotting event. And he came into the contest there on Saturday night needing to beat Just Believe, who's now one of the best trotters in the world. Definitely one of the top six or seven trotters in the world for what he's been able to do in the last 12 months. So it was a major challenge for this this former French trotter. But Yabby Dan Farm with Anton Galeno, the head trainer, and Nathan Jack, they believed that they could, they could defeat a horse like um, Just Believe. And they won their heat in emphatic fashion because there's a, in, in the Great Southern Star, you need to qualify for the final so they race twice in a night so you you have the two heats in the early part of the meeting and then the final a couple of hours later and then there's that barrier draw as well so there's a lot to unpack there's a lot of drama there and a lot of theater regarding the, the great southern star and nathan jack well he he lapped up the occasion he lifted 
for this big event, and uh, he put on a dead set clinic in the Sulkin. He joins us now. Nathan, congratulations. Well done. Yeah, morning, Gareth. Thanks for having me. Thank um, you. You must have been looking forward to, first of all, the challenge of the Great Southern Star um, with the two heats, and then you go into a final, or you, you, you compete in a heat, then the finals in a couple of hours' time, and then there's a barrier draw. So there's a lot of tactics to go into this particular race, and it and watching from afar, you nailed everything on the night. I don't think you pulled a rain wrong. Well, I don't know about that, Gareth. I think I was just got a bit lucky, but yeah, there is a lot to it. You know, there's a lot of thinking and a lot of you know hard work from the trainer side of things as well, like trying to get them to recover and then back up again a couple of hours later. So, call me the breeze. Tell us the the first time you jumped behind this horse at a trial. What was the first kind of feel he gave you? Uh, yeah, well, the first time I just drove him in like an experienced trial at Bendigo and, and really loved him. Um, so he didn't do much that day, just sort of poked around and straight up a little bit. But then he went to Melton for a bit of a more serious trial and, yeah, he was just unbelievable what he could do and, and the feel he gave me and that gave us a lot of confidence coming into to a great Southern star. Did you honestly believe when you turned up there on Saturday night that you could beat Just Believe? thought if I drew good, and he drew ordinary. I, I could give him a real good run for his money. I thought I had the right horse. Um, obviously, Ballarat, we sat on his back, and, and he was too good for us. Yeah. Um, we lost a little bit of ground on the home turn and didn't quite get things 100% right, but he was still too good on the night. Um, so we knew that we had to improve a fair bit. Uh, we knew he'd probably improve as well. Um, so it was a challenge, but we, we were reasonably confident. But at the same time, he's a champion, and you can never underestimate them. So his gate speed, first of all, was exceptional in the heat. Did that surprise you? No, it didn't. No. Not at all, no. So he, he he ran time and he led them a merry dance there. And then you get to the Barry draw. So you could have chose a front row draw, but you decided to to, to go the second row outside the second row. Um, and over 1,700 metres, I'd hate to see the statistics, but that would be a, a horrible stat for horses um, winning strike rate there from that draw. Can you talk us through your thinking there? Yeah, well, if it, all the good ones, all the good numbers were gone and, and a couple of the more fancied runners, just believe myself, hadn't come out and um, sort of Masafa Metro's known fast beginner. He's all muscles the same. They've drawn one and two, so you know that there's going to be a bit of speed. Uh, RC Phoenix, Chris usually drives him pretty tough. He'd drawn about five, I think. Queen Alita had drawn four. She can run the gate as well, uh, even though... you probably didn't think she would after the heat but it was a risk and I just didn't really want to be burning all the way around the first turn or doing a lot of work where I thought if I pick 10 number nine was blue comb and you'd think it'd go to the fence so you'd be straight in the running line doing no work and hopefully the others were doing more work than you yeah and were you confident obviously I think once he had to work pretty hard in that first part of the race just believe um you must have been thinking to yourself, you're a genius, then, Jack. Well, I don't know about that because he's still a great horse and, yeah. and they're hard to get past. And I just thought after he'd done so much work early that I sort of had to come out a bit earlier than I'd liked, but I had to try and get him tired because I didn't want him to catch his breath back yeah. along the back and pinch a third quarter. Um, and even though at the top of the straight, I still thought I was going to beat him at took me the whole length of the straight to get him and shows what a great horse they was, both are. Was it an extra satisfying victory? I've seen you win a couple of big races, but I don't think I've ever seen you that pumped up after winning that race. It must have been extra special in a way. 
Yeah, it was. You know, the the team put a lot of effort into that horse, and and for Pat, you know, to getting there and, and Anton to train him, and you know, like it's a lot of effort that goes into it, and um, it yeah, it was quite rewarding and satisfying that one. And Maxi Delay, he went enormous, didn't he? The old boy in the Hunter Cup, he's David Aiken can take a bow. He's turned around the, the veteran pacer. Yeah, just goes to show what a great trainer he is. It looked like he sort of went 12 months or something without winning a race, and then he'd come out and won the Bendigo Cup and, and then had a heart fear, but Shep, and then within two weeks' time or three weeks' time, he can turn him around again. You know, it just goes to show what a great trainer he is and all credit to him. All right, mate, well done. Um, congratulations there on Saturday. It was an NJAC masterclass. Um, are you driving today, Nathan? No, nah, day off today, Gareth. Day off. You're at Cobram tomorrow. Have you got a winner for us at Cobram? Uh, I think day two is probably my best chance All right, tomorrow. Then. Day Cobra. one, day two, day three. I reckon you've been celebrating. <laughs> You're probably on day two as we speak. Well done, mate. <laughs> Thanks for that. Congratulations. It was it was N. Jack at his very best. Your legend grows. Well done. Thanks very much.